Perak Dalid Mishnah Zayin. Mishnah discusses what happens to the estate of the deceased brother in a Yibum situation. The Mishnah first states that if one of the surviving brothers chooses to perform chalitza to release the Yibam and marry somebody else, although that brother performed a mitzvah, chalitza is a mitzvah, but as regards the inheritance question, the Cholates, this brother who performed Chalitza with the Yavama, is the same as the other brothers. That is, all of the brothers will equally divide the estate of the deceased brother. This is only the Halacha, if the father is no longer alive. Im if the father is alive, then the Chasim Shalav. Then the father inherits 100% of the deceased brother's estate, since the father is deemed the closer relative with regards to the laws of inheritance. He's considered closer than a brother. So he, in that instance, would inherit the deceased brother's entire estate. Which then says, If one of the brothers performs Yibam, then then he acquires the deceased brother's estate. For Chazal Darshan, from the Pasuk that teaches the mitzvah of Yibam, says, And Chazal Darshan Bukhar here, at least on the Drasha level, refers to the eldest son, in other words, the brother, who performs the mitzvah of Yibam, even if it's not actually the oldest brother, whoever does the Yibam, the Pasuk says, Yakum Hashem Achav shall succeed the deceased brother. So on the basic level, that's saying that by marrying the widow, he you know, continues this marriage, as it were, perpetuates the name of the deceased. Chazal Darshan, that included in this language of Yakum Hashem Achav is halacha, that he, the Yavam, upon the Yibam, inherits the deceased brother's estate. However, of Yehuda Omer, Yehuda says, ben kach u ben kach. Either way, that is whether the brother ultimately performs chalitza or yibum, im yesham av nechasim shalav. If the father is still alive, then the father inherits. Rabbi Yehuda understands that since the Pasuk mentions the language of Bukhar, we compare the Avam's right to inherit the mace to the law of Bukhar, and that just as the firstborn, of course, only gets a double portion when his father has passed away, on his father's lifetime, the whole point is he inherits his father, double portion. So too, this halacha that the Yavam could you know, increase his inheritance by inheriting the mace brother, that's only if the father isn't alive. However, the halacha is in accordance with the Rabbanon, that no, even if the father's alive, if one of the brothers does actually perform yibam, he inherits the estate of the deceased brother. The Mishnah mentions a halacha that's come up before, and that is... The Rabbanon said, If one of the brothers performs chalitza to release the Yavama and marry somebody else, then we regard it as if that chalitza and chalitza got married and then divorced. And thus, the same way on the biblical level, a man and wife are forbidden to each other's close relatives, even if they get divorced, so too here, where there was a zika bond, which is kind of like a marriage, which was then dissolved through chalitza. Halacha is, hu asur bekrovasev, he asur bekrovav. They're going to be forbidden to each other's close relatives. So, for example, hu asur beima, beim ima, beim avia, will be forbidden to her mother, mother's mother, father's mother, bebita, bebas bita, bebas bena, as well as to her daughter, daughter's daughter, or son's daughter. Uba achosa bezmanchi kayemis. Also be forbidden to her sister for as long as the chalutza is alive. Same way that a man remains forbidden to his ex-wife's sister as long as his ex-wife is alive. The Mishnah adds, however, that 
this rabbinic prohibition does not extend to other surviving brothers, even though initially upon the deceased brother's death, there was that the Yibam Zika bond to all of the surviving brothers. The way this works is that once one of the brothers steps up and actually does the mitzvah, in this case of Chalitza, we regard it as if there was never a Zika to any of the other brothers, and so the rabbinic prohibition under discussion to close relatives is limited to the close relatives of the Cholates and the Chalutza, meaning that they're forbidden to each other's close relatives. But one of the brothers of the Cholates, let's say if he wants to marry a close relative of the Chalutza, it's not an issue. And now examples of close relatives of his that the Chalutza is forbidden to. The Chalutza is forbidden to the Cholates, his father, father's father, Ubi Bino, Ubi Ben Bino, son, son, son. Truth is, she was already forbidden to the Cholitz's son, biblically, based on her original marriage to the Mace brother. She was therefore his Aisha Sach Yaviv. In any case, Be'achiv, Ben Achiv, the rabbinic decree says that she will also remain forbidden to the Cholitz's brother and brother's son. The Mishnah mentions another thing that the Rabbanan did not decree, that is, Mutter Adam Mikrovas Tsaras Chalutzaso. After a chalitza, a man is permitted to the close relative of the co-wife of his chalitza. So here we have you know, two widows fell for even consideration to these surviving brothers. And ultimately, one of the surviving brothers performed chalitza with one of the widows, the lachis. That exempts her co-wife as well. The co-wife, too, is free to get remarried upon that chalitza to her co-wife. Now, the truth is that before that brother performed chalitza, he would have been forbidden to marry the close relatives of either widow. Because at the moment of the Mace brother's death, there's a Zika bond between any surviving brothers and both widows. And so on the rabbinic level, it's considered like he's married to both of these widows. And so they're abundant say, just like one is forbidden to the close relatives of his actual wife, he's also forbidden to the close relatives of his Zukuka wife. Yet, once Chalitz is done... As regards the co-wife, even though the chalitza frees her to get remarried, that zakuka issue is completely erased, meaning as far as like any rabbinic decree, we view it as if the surviving brother never had any kind of bond with this other widow, the one he didn't perform chalitza with. Therefore, it's not an issue after this chalitza is all finished for the chalitza's brother to marry one of the close relatives of that co-wife of the chalitza. But it should be noted that it certainly is strictly forbidden for the Cholites to marry the Tsar herself. And once he performs Chalitza with either widow, he is biblically forbidden to ever again marry either widow. Because you know, through the Chalitza, it precluded a mitzvah yibim to either of these widows. And so the Torah says, okay, once he makes that decision, these widows are forever forbidden to him. But the Mishnah's point is that although, again, there's this rabbinic decree that says that it remains forbidden for the Cholites to marry the close relatives of the Chalutza, that doesn't extend to the close relatives of the co-wife of the Chalutza, who essentially was you know, piggybacking on the Chalitza performed by her co-wife. Yet, the Mishnah says, Ve'asr bitzaras krovas Chalutzaso. The Cholites is forbidden to marry the co-wife of one of the close relatives of the Chalutza. Now, why should that be? We're talking about a woman who is not related at all to the Chalutza. She's the co-wife of a woman who's related to the Chalutza. 
So why should any rabbinic prohibition apply to her? The answer is, the Gemara explains that typically the woman who actually goes through the chalitza, you go to Bezna for that, would take a close relative along with her. Say, for example, her sister. This fact could give rise to a confusion as to which woman is the chalutza. People might erroneously think, you know, they saw this uh, woman go to a bezdin for the chalitza ceremony, they'll assume, okay, she was the one who participated in the chalitza. But really, it's not true, really, it was her sister. Okay, but in people's minds, sister of the chalutza is the chalutza. Well, if they think she is the chalutza, then what's going to happen if we permit the chalitza to marry the co-wife of that woman? People will erroneously conclude that marriage to the co-wife of the chalutza is permitted when, as we just explained, that is very not permitted. It's biblically forbidden. So the Rabbanon said, the chalutza is not only forbidden to the close relatives of the chalutza, but also to the co-wife of one of the close relatives of the chalutza.